0: Hello everyone, my name is Tamini Farah, I'm a psychotherapist and a dancer. We're starting a new podcast series called Tamini in Motion. We're going to be exploring different ways of dealing with trauma through movement, dance, touch, all sorts of energy work. We're gonna be interviewing various people who have expertise in, in different fields, as well as speaking with people about their stories of resilience and great comebacks. Please join us this week, August 7th, for our first episode. Welcome to our podcast today. We're going to be speaking with a man named Steve who has been an attorney and made a dramatic transition that has landed him into not one, but two volunteer fire departments. Today, we will hear his amazing story of perseverance and resilience. Full disclosure, Steve is my husband, so I have had a front row seat to watch his remarkable journey. Steve, would you please give us a little background about yourself?
1: Sure, Tamini. First, it's great to be here. I was a lawyer for about 37 years. Uh, I was divorced. I ended a 30-year marriage. Um, I met the love of my life and remarried. Uh, I tragically lost the youngest of my two daughters at age 23, uh, almost five years ago. And I also went back to school fairly recently uh, and pursued a master's in mental health counseling, which I received uh, just a few months ago.
0: Wow, that's a lot. So you had a very eventful few years. Tell me, why don't you tell me a little bit about what led you to leaving your law career?
1: Well, it's interesting. Uh, So much of this is perspective and you know, the question used to always pop up in my head. What do you really know when you're 23 years old in terms of what's going to really, um, fulfill you or, uh, satisfy you in terms of, uh, career pursuits. But I chose the law, uh, at a certain point when I was in my uh, early twenties and I was a lawyer again for almost 37 years and I practiced litigation and I have to, uh, Admit that had to do it again, I would not do that. Um, I I don't think it was a great fit in terms of my personality. And again, everything is so interwoven. I think I can't look at this career move in isolation. It's all bound up with what was happening in my personal life. But to try to bottom line it, uh, there came a point where I realized that If I wanted to pursue something that I thought would be very meaningful to me, I had to make some very difficult decisions and choices, and that's exactly what I did.
0: So, all right, you squeezed in a master's in mental health counseling, which is very impressive. Uh, What led you to do that prior to going into the fire department. Tell us a little bit about that decision.
1: That's a good question. Uh, I was a litigation attorney for, again, 37 years. And uh, litigation really is a very controlled uh, method of combat, if you will. And I forced myself to learn how to do it, and I did it fairly well. And I just don't think it's really who I am in terms of my core. I'd much rather uh, try to reach consensus than to fight. And so, at a certain point, I realized I was not thriving, I was not learning, I was not progressing, I was really just treading water, Mm. and as the years would pass, um, that became more and more unacceptable. And human behavior, human interaction, relationships, that's always spoken to me, Um, and I realized that's something that really interested me that I wanted to pursue.
0: Okay, you just said something so interesting I want to uh, pause on. You said that you felt stagnant, that you weren't progressing. And I think for many people, they get that feeling, but they ignore it. How do you think it was after so many decades in quite a prestigious career uh, that you had the, 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 the wherewithal and the fortitude, to pull yourself out of something that was very compelling on the outside but didn't feel so good on the inside.
1: Again, everything can't be viewed in isolation. Everything is so bound up in terms of career, personal life, um, challenges, uh, joys, sorrows. The loss of my daughter almost five years ago had, I think goes without saying, an extremely profound effect on me in terms of who I am, how I view the world, how I view myself in the world. And I realized at a certain point that life is so precious and to remain stagnant and to merely survive is really not the mark of a life well lived. and. Again, this was not an epiphany that I woke up with one morning. It was slowly uh, made itself known to me. And at a certain point, I could not look away. I could not but act on it if I wanted to be true to myself.
0: Mm. That's amazing, Steve. That truly is amazing because, um, you know, being someone in your 60s, and you could have said to yourself, well, this is what I do, and I'll just have some good hobbies. You know, I'll figure out different ways to deal, which I think um, is something that you you did do along the way. But this is truly a, a huge shift. So getting back to the firefighting um, part of your story, what do you feel then were some of your greatest inspirations in making such a big lifestyle and career change?
1: There were various factors. One is that I was not working full time and I had time to volunteer. I have always, throughout my adult life, tried to volunteer and to give something back. And the community really needed uh, volunteer firefighters and EMTs. And that is a very pat answer that i can give it was needed i was available but it really goes much deeper than that it really goes to my sense of being true to myself in terms of facing down my fears um wanting to be challenged in a way that i had not before
0: oh tell us more about that
1: well i think looking back and again everything is perspective which one gains as one ages I think my mo throughout my adult life was to seek security at almost any cost security and stability and I came to realize that with that uh, comes uh, it comes at a cost um security and stability are great but only if they're weighed against other um, factors and What could be a virtue can also be a detriment. I found that I ran from a lot of my fears throughout my adult life. And I got to the point, again, I think it's a product of everything that I've described that happened the last um, 10, 11, 12 years. But I got to the point where I was sick of running from my fears. I felt like I needed something to face down. And firefighting is something that is entirely out of my wheelhouse in terms of what I was comfortable with. I was never all that handy. I was never the kind of guy that got up on my roof and did repairs. Um, And I think I, at some core level, needed to throw myself into something that was so uncomfortable, so outside my comfort level. Like fire. Like fire, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I did. I... I volunteered and uh, I can go into what happened next.
0: You volunteered and yeah, tell, yeah, continue.
1: Sure, uh, to be a firefighter, you have to go through a state approved training program and those are usually offered at the county level. I enrolled in the County Public Safety Academy in the fire division and I went through a very rigorous 20 week program that involved all the fundamentals of firefighting and hazardous materials response, and it probably was the hardest thing I've ever done.
0: That's amazing.
1: And when I say it was the most difficult thing I've ever done, I was more than three times as old as the youngest recruits in the class, I was older than all the instructors, I even think I was older than the director of the academy. So. Everything was a little bit harder for me, I think, than some of the younger recruits.
0: Right, because it's not just, you know, as you get older, as you and I have discussed, it's not just about physical capabilities. It's also about your ability to retain knowledge, your stamina, right? All those things must have come into play.
1: Absolutely. As much as I would like to think it's not true, the aging process does take a toll on the human body. But I also think so much of this is mental. Um, I am of the opinion now that we as human beings are capable of so much more than we think we are. And I think I want to throw myself into an almost impossible situation on a conscious level just to make myself once and for all uh, fight as hard as I could to attain an objective and to face down the fears that I had, which were many in this regard.
0: You know, Steve, um, our audience can't see you, although I will post some pictures of you up on Instagram. Um, you are in very good physical condition. You're strong and, and agile. Um, maybe you could share with your audience a little bit how you feel uh, your, your, your strength and your routines Uh, fed into your belief that you could do something this rigorous?
1: That's a good question. Even though a lot of it's mental, firefighting is such a physical endeavor. Just putting on the turnout gear, the the pants, the uh, protective jacket, the helmet and an air cylinder adds about 70 pounds. So no matter what you do, you're doing it with an additional 70 pounds that you're lugging around. You have to be in good shape. You don't necessarily have to be the strongest person, but you have to be in good physical condition. Uh, The leading cause of death in the fire service is heart attacks, and I made a pledge to myself in a sense that I would not do this unless I thought I was in sufficient shape to get through it without killing myself.
0: So what, what, what things did you do that were above and beyond your normal exercise routine?
1: Well, the stair stepper at the gym um, and cardio and strength. And I tried to have a very uh, disciplined approach to that. And I learned that uh, I needed all of those cardio and the strength and the conditioning when I entered the academy.
0: Okay, and and for years you you maintained an exercise routine. What 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 was involved with that? I did.
1: I ran. I ran a lot of races. I cycled. I did some triathlons, and I always try to you know uh, work out. So without that base, I don't think I would have uh, signed up for that twenty week program at the academy because it. I think you need that in order to survive.
0: So, you know, I'm listening to you and, um, of course we live in the same house and I've, I've watched you progress through all of this. I'm wondering what you considered to be some of the obstacles that you faced.
1: Sure. I faced various obstacles that any other recruit, no matter what her or his age, was uh, and that is the physical demands of the job people may not realize that trying to lug around a hose that is spraying water at a high rate of speed is extremely heavy and in all the gear you have it's extremely taxing add to that an environment filled with smoke heat and fire and your heart pounding with the adrenaline and any firefighter in training uh, experiences the same uh, extreme demands, both mentally and physically. Compounded, I think, was the fact that I was older than all the uh, recruits and the instructors. And so anything that I was able to attain, I think I had to fight a little bit harder for than most of the other recruits.
0: But what was, so I'm so curious, like what was that fire, no pun intended, inside of you that kept you going with this?
1: That's a great question because quite honestly, if you had asked me uh, four five, six weeks into the 20 week program, if, if you could transport me back, um, I might not make the same decision. There were times in the academy, um, that I really thought, wait a second, am I in over my head? Can I do this? But I would not let myself quit. I I had so much invested in this emotionally and mentally that I could not but go forward. And once I got through the program, that meant so much to me in terms of not giving up and pursuing this dream. And I, I would just, say to your audience that we're all capable, I think, of so much more than we think we are. And so much of that is our mental um, tenacity.
0: Commitment.
1: Commitment, determination, and also some core desire to get to a certain goal.
0: Yes, I was thinking about the word desire that gets channeled for all of us in many different ways. And this was such a productive, um, awesome way to channel that. Um, You know, just to, I want to reflect back a little bit, something you brought up earlier. Um, You know, you mentioned the tragic loss of your youngest daughter. And I'm wondering how you feel the trauma actually affected this decision you made?
1: That's a great question, Tamini. Uh, Following the loss of my daughter almost five years ago, I was actually uh, starting my uh, master's program in mental health counseling and I did a lot of reading and research into grief and the grief process. And I came to learn that there is such a thing as post-traumatic growth if one is lucky enough uh, to be able to uh, encounter that. And I really believe in that. I really think that, unfortunately, this experience changed me in my core. It turned everything upside down and inside out in an instant. And it sounds so cliche, but an experience like that makes one realize how precious life is, and yet, how transitory it is. Everything can change on a dime, which tragically it did for my daughter um, and for all those who love her. But it really made me reexamine everything. A- and at my core, it made me re-examine, again, this might sound so cliche, but who am I? What am I doing here? What do I hope to leave as my legacy? I have to add one more thing. I used to have this vision that would haunt me. And that was of being 85 or 90 years old and looking in the mirror one morning when I was about to shave and just locking eyes with my reflection and slowly shaking my head and saying, Steve, what have you done with your life? What have you accomplished? What have you done that's been meaningful to you? And that haunting vision really came to have um, a big impact on me in terms of what was I doing.
0: That's so moving, Steve. Um, I I think, you know, having lost a child is not something that most people have experienced. But to hear you talk about post-traumatic growth is such an interesting turn of the phrase because people expect that to be post-traumatic stress disorder, but you discovered through your reading and your mental health counseling uh, course and, and degree that this can uh, this is actually something that a person can embrace.
1: Yeah, let me just comment so, uh, briefly because when people hear the phrase post-traumatic growth, it almost sounds like one is reveling in this newfound joy of change it's not so simple it's not so linear in fact it can be quite dark at times Um, and what i the way i interpret the phrase post-traumatic growth is that one is forced to really look at oneself and to make some difficult determinations It could be that someone who is uh, just in love with his or her career might not come to the same point that I did. Uh, having not been, uh, in love with what I was doing for 30 odd years. But the phrase post-traumatic growth to me means taking a hard, hard look at oneself and where we want to be. Ultimately, and engaging in some very difficult and painful uh, processes, which equals, in my mind, growth.
0: Yes, so that's that's the key here, um, I, I think, is that you did not stay stagnant. You were broken open in a sense, and took a look at what you felt. You could change. Um, Some things were unchangeable, was out of your control. But that you were open to change and growth, even in the face of such profound tragedy and loss.
1: A lot of this has to do, I think, with my sense of identity. And I really think that word may be overused, but to me it's so important. One sense of identity, I think, is perhaps at the core of how we view ourselves and our place in the world. I was forced to take a long, hard look at my identity, how I thought of myself, how I would describe myself, um, who I thought I was. And again, these sounds so cliche, but there are certain traumatic events that can shake one's core and force one to reevaluate everything. I also want to add though, uh, for your listeners, that it's not necessary, in my estimation, to have to experience such a traumatic loss and able to affect meaningful change. For each person, it's different. Uh, there's no cookie cutter or cookbook approach. And for each person, this process may happen at various different times and, um, whether, you know, it happens, uh, in a particular age range or, or not depends on the individual and we're all different. But my, my one, uh, takeaway is that we're all capable of meaningful change.
0: Yes. Yes. You just spoke about that so eloquently, Steve. Um, I think that's, That's a big takeaway here. In fact, I wanted to read this quote that I think really speaks to what you're talking about. Change is not something that we should fear. Rather, it is something that we should welcome. For without change, nothing in this world would ever grow or blossom, and no one in this world would ever move forward to become the person they're meant to be.
1: That's beautiful to me. That really is. And I think this happens again at different points for each individual.
0: Well, you know, your your story is quite inspirational, and that's um, what this podcast is about. Not only the stories of inspiration, but how people push through their trauma blocks, um, as I've mentioned on, you know, the various podcasts I've I've done, um, episode one and two. We are exploring ways to non-verbally push through trauma and um, as well as through psychotherapy, through talk, through telling your story, how we can open ourselves up to seeing ourselves differently and exploring different parts of ourself. So on that note, is, is there anything else you'd like to say, Steve, before we close?
1: No, I want to add one more thing that I haven't mentioned. Uh, I am a firm believer in counseling and therapy. Um, and I was lucky enough to work with a very gifted therapist and whether I would have, um, effected all these changes completely on my own. I don't know, but I think what I'm trying to say is that the decision to try to look within and to try to understand why is something that prompts prompted me to go into therapy, and even if one doesn't take that formal step, the process of introspection, reflection is so important, and I believe can lead to healthy growth and change.
0: As a psychotherapist, I appreciate that plug for psychotherapy, and um, you know, I personally believe that everyone can benefit at some point in their life. And um, thank you for sharing that piece with us. So this is Tamini in Motion. We've been talking with Steve Satz, who's gone from lawyer to firefighter out of the courtroom into the fire. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, T underscore motion, the number nine. Or tune in to our next podcast at Tumini in Motion. You can find us on Spotify. Please subscribe. And uh, we look forward to being together at some point in the future. Bye-bye.